Let's invite our speaker for this morning. Lord Jesus, it's been a beautiful morning, but some are already tired. And it's been a tiring week, and there's so much that we've been through. It's hot in this room also, Lord. And only you can take our spirit and engage with us so much that we get so captivated with what you're saying that our body kind of just goes a little numb, partial coma, just... Lord, would you tell our bodies to leave us alone? We need to have a spiritual connect with you. If there's discomfort, oh God, give us the ability to just overcome that. If there's distraction, give us the ability to overcome that. Speak, Lord, we're listening. We want to take your wisdom and take it into our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning I'm excited to share this word with you because it is a one single uh, sermon only for today. Normally you talk about Good Friday on Good Friday and that's a bit late. I want to talk about Good Friday today and prepare you for the week of thinking through Good Friday. Preparing you for Good Friday. Are you with me? Yes? Okay. I want you to use this week by, by taking the thoughts and mulling over them and going over them. One particular verse has been on my mind, weighing me down, absolutely captivating my attention. It's this verse. It says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. It remains alone. So this week is Passion Week. Some call it Holy Week. Today is Palm Sunday. Yes, it's Palm Sunday. And this is the day Jesus arrived in Jerusalem where he would eventually be rejected by his own people, tried for treason and blasphemy, and crucified along with two thieves who are on death row. All right. But the day of his trial and death has come to be called as Good Friday. Hmm. The day of his trial and his death have come to be called as Good Friday. So today I want to tell you what is good about this coming Friday so that you can focus your thoughts on these truths this entire week. What is good about this Friday? And it's going to blow your mind because you thought you knew. Whoa, i got new stuff for you. Why? Why is this important? Why do we think about this? Because, listen, dying like Christ results in living like Christ. Dying like Christ results in living like Christ. You don't live for Christ and then die for Christ. You die for Christ and then living. The living starts with death. Keep thinking. Don't fall asleep on me. Okay? You breathe, you, you, you do what you have to do, you pinch yourself, you, you stay awake. Give me 30 minutes. Alright, so... Dying like Christ results in living like Christ. Because Jesus' primary invitation to you wasn't to live for him. Never did Jesus say, live for me. Jesus said, die for me. He said, take up your cross and follow me. Where did you think you were going with the cross? Where did you think you were going? Jesus takes a cross and he's... That's, that's the one, right? And you following him, you taking up a cross. Where do you think you're going? Calvary. To die with him. So first command, first demand, first expectation is come and die with me. Why? Because if you die like me, listen, if you die like me, then you'll be able to live like me. And you and I think, first I want to live for Jesus, 
then maybe I'll die for Jesus. There is no for. There's die like Jesus, then you live like Jesus. And that's not the end. Here's the end. If you die like Jesus, you will live like Jesus. If you live like Jesus, you will be given a crown of glory that doesn't fade away. That's what you should be interested in. You would be given a crown of glory that does not fade away. You're thinking, I don't like crowns. Okay, I get that. But everybody is looking for glory. Everyone. Each and every one of you is looking for glory. We all want to be glorified. For some, glory comes in the shade of recognition. You want recognition. Recognition for your, for your sacrifice, recognition for your contribution, recognition for your study, recognition for your, uh, your giving, your generosity. You want recognition. You want to be known for what you have done. You want somebody to acknowledge it. For some, it's legacy. How long after my death will I be remembered? So a man works very hard. A man works very, uh, very, very hard and smart to make sure that whatever he does in this world lasts out long enough so he has a legacy. For some it's approval and validation of their peers in their same industry. So in the hotel industry or in the IT industry or in the business industry or in the, uh, or in the politics of, of, of life or whatever industry you're in, you want that particular industry to give you a life achievement award. You want them to recognize your life. You want them. You, that, that's called glory. You want glory. I want glory. We want wealth that secures our future. Wow, he's so rich. He doesn't have to work, work for another two generations. That's how rich he is. Okay, we want wealth that secures our future. For, for some, wealth is that glory. For some, winning is glory. Just that moment. Yeah, I did it. I won. Just winning. Winning over anybody. Winning anything. I just win. That is my Definition of glory. For some, it's privilege. I want to be the first. I want to be in front. I want to sit at the front of the plane and I want them to give that to me for free for who I am. I don't want to pay for it. I want them to give it to me for free for who I am. Look at that. They invited me. They didn't even put me up in a nice hotel. They didn't even put me up. They didn't even give me first class. They didn't even do this. They didn't even do that. They didn't even stand up and I walked. We're looking for glory. We're looking for glory. Everybody's looking for glory. And you know what? You're not wrong. But here's the thing. We go after glory for varied emotions, varied motivations. But the truth is, the real doorway to real glory is an unpopular one. The real doorway to real glory is an unpopular one. And Jesus took it. And Jesus took it. So if you want real glory, glory that lasts, a crown that does not fade, then you've got to die the death that Jesus died so that you may live the life that Jesus lived, so that you may be given a crown that Jesus wears, that fades not away. Jesus understood a principle that is at work here, that is operative in life and death. And I want to look at that principle today. One simple principle. So let's look at and let's read together our passage for today. John chapter 12 verse 23. John chapter 12 verse 23. But Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of... Hello? From the top. But Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. There you go. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces circle much grain. 25. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Crown of glory. Crown of glory. Crown of glory. 
Right here in one passage is an ultimate formula for life success, Jesus' way. Life's success, Jesus' way. But I have to warn you, it's not a popular doorway. It's not a popular way to glory. So this morning, let me give you four steps to eternal success. Four steps to eternal success. Take notes. Don't take notes. Ask me for my notes. But do something. Okay, number one. Number one. What we have just got from this passage of scripture. Number one. There is a time for glory and it's not now. There is a time for glory and it's not now. Let me explain. There is this life and there is eternal life. There is this life and there is eternal life. Your life can't be about both. Either you, are be, you can be about this life or you can be about eternal life. Is everybody with me so far? A little bit of thinking today, slightly heavy, but congratulations, not so long. There's this life and there's eternity. And life is a temporary assignment. Life is a trust. Listen very carefully. What you get in this life, you leave here. What you give in this life, you get there. What you get in this life, bye-bye. You leave it here. And what you give in this life, you get there. Christ knew something that you should know, then you can live his life after you've died his death. What you give in this life, you get there. Here was Christ's assignment. This is what Christ knew he had to do with his life. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8, 9, 10, and 11. For in that he put all subjection under him, that is God put everything under Jesus Christ. He left nothing that is not put under him. There was nothing left out. But now we do not see Jesus on top of everything else. He did not see Jesus ruling everything else. He's not in charge. What we do see is we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. Again, we see Jesus who was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death. We see this Jesus now crowned with glory and honor. Okay, look at me. There's two positions, two chapters in Jesus' life. There's Jesus who's made a little lower for suffering and death, that he may taste that. And there's Jesus crowned with glory and honor. So God who put everything under Christ, took Christ and he made him little lower than the angels, that's man, for the suffering of death, and once he experienced death for every man, then he was raised with, gro- with a crown of glory and honor. Are you with me? Okay, fantastic. So that's Jesus' assignment. Jesus, you're going to go to the grave and you're going to die and you're going to become nothing. Because there's a principle at work here. Because right now God the Father is saying, I have one Jesus. But what I want is millions of little Jesuses. I want millions of sons. I want millions of children of God. I want millions of Christ. How do I do that? In order for one seed to become millions, that seed has to die. Happy Good Friday. For it was fitting for him, verse 10, for whom all things and for whom and by whom all things in bringing many sons to glory. Did you get that? In bringing many sons to glory. The heart of the father. Listen to me. Easter's coming. The heart of the father is to see millions come to him. It's to see millions be brought back to him. Don't worry about what everybody is saying. All the news, all the tweets, all the... Don't worry about that. Don't listen to it and don't give it power. It's a tweet. 
The meaning is in the word. Leave it as a tweet. The truth of God will remain and God has said the gospel will go to the whole world and then the end will come. So your fear should not be of what will people say, but your fear should be what will God say when I show up with lost opportunities? For it is fitting in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he who sanctifies and who those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Let's wrap this up. So there is a glory that awaits those who live for God's design purposes and for his glory, but it is not now. But it is not now. But it is not now. If you're looking for glory right now, you have lost the plot. You're not living by Christ's way. You don't get it. You don't get the principle. Die now, live later. Say it with me. Die now, live later. What is that dying? If you don't know that dying, you'll never know that living. Number one. Number one is, there is a glory, but it's not now. Number two, the seed must die to produce much grain. Circle much. The seed must die to produce much grain. Here's the principle. And this is what Jesus totally got. Verse 24. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat does what? Falls into the ground and does what? Dies. See, here's the problem. If it falls to the ground but it does not die, it remains alone. So if Jesus did not die, all theologians and scholars and all, everybody is talking about whether Jesus actually died, didn't die, you know, what happened, he escaped the cross, you know, his disciples stole him from the tomb, blah, blah, blah. If Jesus did not die, there would have been no seed dying, there would have been no multiplication, there would have been no you and me. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, here's what's going to happen, it produces much grain. So to understand the good of Good Friday... We must understand the seed principle and why Jesus had to die. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, unless it dies, it will remain alone. But if it dies, it produces much. Can I tell you three things about sowing and reaping? Can I tell you three things? This is intense. It's very, very intelligent. Number one. Next slide. If you sow... Number one, I thought this up. No, I didn't. If you sow, you will. Yeah, it's just a principle. Not just what you sow. If you sow, you will reap. Because the seed is going to die and it's going to produce itself. Okay. Number two, you always reap more than what you sow. And number three, what you reap will be exactly what you sow. You know this. You know this principle. So Jesus as the seed had to go into the ground and die so that Jesus as the fruit can come up with many others like himself. Okay? But hear me out. Here's the tough part. For you to be the fruit that comes out with him, you also in him have to die. So he went into the grave and you identify with him in baptism by going into the grave with him. And you die with him. And those who are in Christ and have died with Christ are also raised with Christ. For if you haven't died with Christ, you have not been raised with Christ. That's why death comes before life. First die, then you live. If you haven't learned his death, you haven't learned his life. Jesus' death was him going into the ground. Might taste death for every man. Hebrews 2.9. So that he may bring many sons to glory. Hebrews 2.10. And this was a mystery, you know. 
The seed thing was a mystery. Because if you sow one seed, it comes out as many. If the rulers who put Jesus on the cross knew that getting rid of one guy will result in two billion people today, they would have done everything within their will to stop that crucifixion. You don't believe me. Read. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Come on, boys. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet no wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, talk to me, for had they known, what would they have done? They would not have crucified the Christ of glory. Oh my goodness, if we knew that if we hadn't put him in the grave, we wouldn't be dealing with all of these solid little Christs all over the world. For had they known, that's why it was a mystery. Jesus will die. And everybody, are you serious? Jesus is going to die? Why does Jesus have to die? Jesus doesn't need to die. All the angels are fighting and arguing. Their people are, like, are, are debating. Why on earth does your Savior have to die for you? Why does he have to go to the grave? Why does he have to be buried? Because unless a seed falls to the ground, what are you more interested in? Are you more interested in the multiplicity of your life? Or are you more interested in taking that seed, which is your life, putting it in a little showcase and celebrating it for the rest of your life? Either you can be all about the seed or you can be about the seeds. You can be about you or you can be about what your life can become. The blessing your life can become. The multiplicity of your life. And Jesus said, you know what? The Father wants everyone to come. Many should be sons of God. I will give my life for that. That's why Good Friday is good. That's why he went into the grave. That's why the principle worked. And he kept it a secret, a mystery, but it has been hidden and now revealed to us. Verse 9. I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man. Here's the mystery. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. He's saying you don't get it. You're all about being the seed, protecting the seed, nourishing the seed, watching the seed. But if you die, if you go into the ground and die, if you're in Jesus, you will come out with Christ and eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God is building up for you in that heavenly place. But the problem is my life and my perspective and my attention is on this life. This measly 20, what, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. This, I mean, the first 20 years were useless. We didn't have any respect for ourselves. The last 10, 15 years, we don't have any respect for ourselves. We're trying to make our life out of what? From 20s to 50, 60s, what? Are you with me? Such a quick life, such a short life, such a meaningless life. In this short time, we're trying to make everything where God's focus is on the eye has not seen, ear has not heard what God has in store for those who love Him. Read the verse. Let it soak in. I know it's heavy this morning, but you've got a whole week to think about it. God has revealed this to us through His Spirit. Number one, number one, there is a glory, but... Not now. Number two. Yes, absolutely right. Number three. The way to keep life, the way to keep life forever is to let it go now. The way to keep life forever is to let it go now. What is the verse saying? Verse 25. He who loves his life, congratulations, will lose it. You love your life? Gone, baby. Forget it. Say goodbye. 
He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life condition in this world, my life in this world, who I am in this world, my treasures in this world, my perceptions in this world, my experiences in this world, if I don't love it and hang on to it, who I am in this world, what I have done in this world, all the things I've given, the things I've done for people, how much I've good and how much I've sacrificed, if you just let it go, let it go. If you don't love this life, you're going to lose it anyway. If you don't love this life, you will be given that life back in the future. Here's what the scripture says. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternity. He'll keep it for eternity. Jesus held loosely to his life on earth. He valued eternity. His eyes were on eternity. He assures us anyone who follows him will be given eternal life. Look at Romans chapter 6 verse 4. We have been buried therefore with him, say it, in baptism. So you're saying, Pastor Jerry, when, when did I die with Christ? When did I die with Christ? Well, it was the day you made up your mind. You decided to make Jesus Christ your Lord. And you went into the waters with him in baptism. You didn't proclaim that you're a Christian. You proclaimed that you are dead. I'm going to say that again, but slowly. When you got baptized, you didn't proclaim that you're a Christian. You proclaimed that you are dead. For the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am crucified with Christ. I therefore no longer live. Some people ask the stupid question, God, what is your will for my life? Have you noticed God has never answered you that question? Because God doesn't have a will for your life. You're supposed to be dead. The lights are not coming on. God doesn't have a will for dead people. He has a will for Jesus. So if you are dead and Jesus is living, Jesus already knows what to do. Jesus already is going to just do what he does. It's you that is looking for a plan for your life. For little glory, no please Lord, little glory. At least let me marry her and then die. Okay, at least let me get the green card and then die. Green card is that easy day uh, membership. Little bit. You want a little bit of the glory. You want something now. Thoros, just bargain a little bit. Some comfort. That house, that car, that name, that plate. I don't know what plate. And we bargain with God. Don't ask a silly question. There is no will for your life. You're not supposed to have a will for your life. For those who come to Christ must die to themselves. Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not fit to follow me. Many, this is beautiful, don't miss this. So we are buried with him in baptism into death in order that Jesus Christ, as Jesus is raised, we are raised along with him so that we too might walk in newness of life. God has a new and living way for you to walk in it. You are united in his death and you are united in his resurrection. If you are united in his death, you are definitely united in his resurrection. Get ready to listen carefully with me. Jesus offers this new life to us in a new covenant, a new deed, a new lease deed, a new marriage. Jesus offers this to us, this new life, this new living, this new spirit, this new wisdom. He offers this to us in a new covenant. But here's the problem. 
there is still an old covenant. That old covenant is the law. And you're married to the law. So you still have an old marriage that you're stuck with. You still have an old marriage that you're stuck with. You're still living under the law and under guilt and under condemnation. And by that law, you are found violated. You are found guilty. You are found condemned. That old marriage has torn you apart and has ruined your life. And that old marriage is what needs to change. But because you're still married, you cannot enter into a new marriage, a new life, a new covenant with Christ. So... For you to be released from that old marriage in order to go into a new marriage, one of the spouses needs to die. So, Christ died. Jesus Christ is God. He came down in the flesh. He went to the cross. He spread his arms out and he died. He he was not killed. He died. And when he died... As one of the spouses, he released you. He released you from that old marriage. From that marriage with the cross, for, with, the, with the law. From that marriage of the old covenant. He released you. You are now free. You are now free. And then he died. And he went to the grave. And he came out as the husband of the new bride, the church. And then you are now free to enter into this new marriage. Because Christ died. You can't even have a relationship with Jesus if Jesus hadn't died. You know that? And the reason you are no longer a slave, you are no longer tied to the old law, the old marriage, is because one of the spouses gave himself up and Christ died for you to be released. And then Jesus rises again and he picks up the cup and says, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. In my blood. The old covenant was made with the blood of bulls and goats. But the new covenant is made with Christ's own blood. God's own life. Sealed with his life. You are secure. And you are loved forever and ever and ever. So in Luke chapter 20, 22 verse 20. He says this cup that is poured out for you. Is the new covenant in my blood. New covenant in my blood. So Jesus let this life go. Because his death and suffering was a doorway to greater things for you and me. Do you get the principle? Do you understand? Will you serve God's purposes by giving Christ your life? By giving Christ this life? Lord, take it. Take it. I'm not going to hold on to it. Because if I hold on to it, I'm going to lose it anyway. Lord, take it. I want something long lasting. Number one. There is glory, but not now. Number two. A seed must die to produce much fruit. Number three. The way to keep life forever is to let it go for now. Number four, the Father honors those who serve like Jesus, serve like Christ. The Father honors those who serve like Christ. Jesus has given you two rewards or two promises, two assurances in this last 26th verse. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Where? To the cross, to the death, to to beyond. If he follows me to death and beyond, let him follow me. If he follows me, he's also going to be raised and he's also going to go where I am. So the first thing that Jesus promises is, if you follow me, if you serve me, you're going to be with me forever. You're going to be with me forever. What is the sign or the certainty or the evidence that you belong to Jesus and that you are going to be with him forever? Your ministry. Your ministry. 
You're serving God and Christ with his, with, for His purposes with your life. The way you give your life away, the way you give your time, the way you give your energy, the way you give your love, the way you give up your relationships and the priorities of your own affections, the way you measure your life and tolo your life, the way you see your life is how we know that your heart is on eternity. And Jesus says, if you're going to serve me, come follow me. I'm going to be dying. Oh, it's just a corridor. You're going to raise again. And I'm taking you with me to heaven. Number one, you will be with me forever. Because where I am, you will also be with me. And the second thing is, if you serve me, God the Father is going to honor you. You're not going to get a Life Achievement Award from BAFTA or from Oscars. You're not going to get it from NCERT or from, from the medical profession or from wherever you stand whatever you think is going to be your recognition your glory here on earth give it up give it up because when you come with me when you live with me my father my father will honor you hmm okay jesus hang on uh, let, let, let's let's chat about this because i i really like you know the bonuses and I like, you know, the lakhs of rupees and the crores of rupees that come my way and the potential of being rewarded on earth. It feels really good. I mean, to be the best of 2 billion, 3 billion, 7 billion people, it feels really good. So where is there any evidence that God honors well? Is there any evidence, is there any example that God, the Father, honors well? Is there anybody he has honored that I can say, hmm, that's good, I want to go after that. I like the way God, the Father, honors. Answer? Is there anywhere? Yes, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus obeyed him to the point of death and him he has raised from the grave to heaven and put everything under his feet so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now in order to give complete and total power to somebody, in order to empower somebody so fully that he is now king of the universe and lord of all creation, you have to be above and beyond all of that. You have to be able to have the authority to give that to somebody and God the Father has done that in, to Jesus and if you are in Jesus, you are a prior to, to everything that Jesus owns. You're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. When you were born, you came onto this earth, you were just like, pfft, you just came out onto the earth. You just were born. You Nothing happened. Nothing belonged to you. You were nobody. And when you go, they're going to wrap you tight and they're going to stick you in a box and they're going to bury you six feet under. So you came in with nothing and you're going to go out with nothing. But what Jesus is saying is, if you give this life away between your coming in with nothing and going out with nothing, if you give this life away to serve me, first of all, you will be with me forever. Number two, everything that I have, God Father will honor you with. If he has honored me, that honor will be given to you. I will share that honor with you. So he says, everything you have and I have will be yours. So you walk into heaven with the keys to every door. With the proprietor papers to everything that is heaven in on earth you got nothing you don't even have paytm you don't have the money to pay your bills you're not able to even take care of a month's expenses you're running out of cash every now and then you don't have the resources every day is pray pray lord pray but when you walk into heaven instantly you are proprietor of the place all the angels are going to nudge look the owner has come So here you are sitting on earth, owning heaven. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
पैसे नहीं है मेरे पास पैसे यार कैसा होगा यार लॉ हाउ हाउ विल वी मैनेज हाउ विल एंजल्स लाइक दिमाग खराब है इसको कुछ समझा किसी को इसको हाउ मच थियोलॉजी एंड डॉक्टर इज वॉट गिवस अस दैट इम्पटस दैट गट्स दैट दैट टनासिटी The Father honors those who serve like Christ, and if anyone serves like Christ, if you serve me, you will be with me, and you're going to have everything I have. For the love of Christ now compels us. One Corinthians. For the love of Christ controls us, compels us, drives us, motivates us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all. Why? So that they who live. might no longer it's getting louder and louder might no longer live for them no 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 say it again say it again come on i, I want to hear you say it again so that they who live may no longer live for themselves but for who but for him who died and rose again get one principle if a seed falls to the ground but doesn't die it remains alone but if a seed falls to the ground and dies fruit is born jesus fell to the ground he died fruit is born but if you don't die in christ you will not see the life of christ it's as simple as that with every head bowed and every eye closed good friday is good because christ went into the ground and died so therefore he did not come out alone he comes out with you and me we are all raised with christ it's produced a multiple crop of millions like himself therefore you and i are like christ we are in christ in him we also died i am not my own i have been bought with a price in him we are also raised as the fruit of his life i am not living my life i am living for him so are you loving your life and are you going to lose it or are you giving up your life and if you don't know what this means jesus says ask and the spirit of god will give wisdom to you he will give understanding he will give knowledge He's not saying your life is useless. He's saying your life is beautiful and it's a beautiful offering to God. And he promises you that if you serve God with your life, if you look at your life lightly, look at his life with value, then you will be with him forever and you will be honored by God. So decide you want to live for the honor of man or you want to live for the honor of God. Is his purpose is going to take greater precedence in your life or your own dreams and ambitions it's not worked out so far are you going to be worried about your future worried about your finances worried about your resources when you own heaven what's going to be your perspective how tight is going to be your stand how strong is going to be your build how high are going to be your shoulders are you going to walk tall are you going to stop listening to the voices of this world and are you going to give attention to the truth of scripture Jesus says you are mine you are bought with a price therefore live worthy may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god the father the fellowship of the holy spirit rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore god bless you